Hello, and welcome to the Craft Brewed Music Podcast, music interviews for serious listeners. You may have heard of our curated music discovery app. The podcast lets us dig deeper and get to know the creators of that music, as well as others that will broaden your horizons. I'm Brian Horner, founder and curator of Craft Brewed Music, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host Aaron Stamen, a Craft Brewed Music artist. So as we're planning these episodes, Aaron and I will typically uh, have a phone call or two and talk about you know what, what time we have coming up to do interviews and what ideas we have and what guests we have in mind. And, and he had kind of an interesting idea as we were uh, looking back at this point on the 29 episodes we've released in the last uh, year, year plus, and, uh, and talking about some of the, the you know themes and, and ideas that it had emerged. And, uh, and he had kind of an interesting idea for a, a certain type of retrospective. Yeah. Listening back to, to what we've done over those 29 episodes, uh, I am immediately struck by how fortunate I feel to have the opportunity to, uh, to learn about new music, to talk to artists about their creativity and their creative journey. Uh, and more than anything to do what I've done for over 30 years now, which is talk about music and talk about music discovery with one of my best friends. And that's been, that's been a great journey. In particular though, uh, I asked myself, so what have you learned in talking to all these people and listening to all this great music? And I think I've, for myself, have come across some interesting discoveries about uh, how one frames their creativity and how one directs their creative energies and specific techniques, which interestingly seem to come up again and again as we talk to people. And one of these, uh, one of these tropes that uh, seems to reemerge is the idea that uh, you're going to limit yourself in one way and f- provide artificial constraints on your creativity. And ironically, that seems to liberate you uh, in what you're able to uh, produce. And the first time I came across this uh, was actually in our first artist interview episode number two with saxophonist Derek Brown. Yeah. And, and we're going to, you know, highlight a couple instances in, in which this concept came up. Um, it, it came up in even more conversations than we're going to include here, but, but yeah, our first, uh, live interview with episode two, Derek Brown, uh, was talking about it. He's a, he's known as the beatbox sax, uh, guy and, um, and his main mode of touring and playing concerts is as a solo artist. And so we were talking with him about how that came to be because he had come from a background of being more of a, you know, traditional jazz artist, having a combo, uh, that sort of thing, playing with a band. And so we were asking how he got from that to being a solo artist. Um, and he was talking about some of the logistics involved in that. Um, and then also how he kind of used that in his, uh, journey of artistic self-discovery. It was definitely ideal, like you said, for traveling or just for making money with this. And I honestly don't know how people start off in ensembles, combos, you know, that haven't made a name for themselves. I just can't imagine, you know, taking the paychecks that I have and then splitting it five ways and trying Mm -hmm. to make a living with that. Um, But um, so, yeah, it did make travel much easier. And I will admit that is one of the reasons I have kind of stubbornly so far stuck to totally acoustic saxophone because Mm -hmm. so many times people will say like, Oh yeah, 
Yeah, that's really cool. You, you should have you ever done like looping and electronics? And I yeah, I've experimented with that. And I I did experiment with that during that Abilene, Texas time at some of those functions. I I I went all out with like a computer looper and effects pedals, and I even had these like this like giant keyboard that I could hit with my foot to play bass lines, just hmm. total one man band. And it, it just got so overwhelming, you know, like you hit one wrong button and it just stops. <laughs> um, plus right. it, you know, it takes like three hours to set up and you're kind of freaking out that the computer's going to slow down. Plus the speakers that you're coming out of never sound as good as your acoustic sax. Right. And so it was just like, this is so frustrating. Plus yeah, the setup and, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna slide that setup under the bed. I'm just gonna see how far I can go, acoustically, and I'm really gl- now. Okay, so sometime in the future, I may get back into that stuff. I occasionally dabble with that stuff, um, but I'm really glad that I set that limitation on myself. And I've heard other artists, kind of in all different genres, talk about that, like the freedom that comes with limitations. Mm-hmm. Um, we would normally think limiting is the opposite of freedom. You know, we should have no rules do, but it's when you limit yourself that you actually give yourself, you know, a direction to go. Um, it gives you something to start with, you know, like nothing is more terrifying than like the blank page, you know, for an artist, like, ah, it's paralyzing. What do I, what do I do? Mm-hmm. But having kind of this goal of just, I can only do one note at a time. Um, I can only use this piece of machinery, this saxophone. What can I come up with? Um, that's been kind of creatively freeing for me. Um, and it's it's gotten me to stretch in ways that I don't think I ever would have had I done more of the electronic looping. Like, for instance, when I had a looper, it's like, here's how it would always go. And this is how it always goes when you see someone looping, usually. You know, they hit record on the looper and then they do a percussion groove, like like hitting the, the instrument. God, they do it for eight seconds. Then they hit playback and then that goes on. Okay, now they hit record again. They do a bass line. And then play that back. Now they do a little like harmony part. Dude, I don't. I'm for some reason I'm Michael Jackson. <laughs> Billy Jean, so I, I, was, I was with you the whole way. I was like, that's exactly nice. the, loop, the looper tune I would do first. Was Billy Jean? Yes, that's awesome. And then, and so, anyways, yeah. And then you do the looper again, and then you record the melody, and 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 okay, that's awesome. That's cool, you know. And there's some really cool musicians doing looping stuff. But had I just stuck with that, I wouldn't have done much. I wouldn't have really broken any boundaries there like i don't think i would have done much outside of the box the fact that i couldn't do the looping forced me to think oh i wonder okay how could i do percussive and a baseline stuff at the same time well maybe you know i'm doing percussive stuff with my mouth slap tonguing pops these kind of things but maybe i could actually hit the instrument with rings you know like hit it on the thumb hook and so i got into that element maybe i could use my feet and i like a drummer you know drummers are able to use all of their appendages why can't sax players so i could kind of stomp for a kick sound and then maybe like you know maybe maybe i could do slap tonguing and i could actually kind of open my mouth and sing something kind of a harmony part at the mm-hmm. same time and maybe i could use triple tonguing with the upper notes on the upbeats you know and and this the, all these new kind of techniques and like, like I was saying, a lot of these things 
players have been doing for years. Um, it's just how I'm kind of putting it together in my own way. Um, and maybe there are some things that I kind of came up with, but, but like I said, I don't think I would have come up with those things had I had that, that other helper tool. Now, someone else might feel limited by just acoustic and they need that looping to grow. But for me, man, having those limitations and kind of stubbornly sticking with it has been so good for me. It hasn't been easy. And that's the other flip side of that coin. You know, like we said, it was easy to easier to tour, to travel, yeah, yeah. make a living. But man, convincing, especially at the beginning, convincing like festival directors, mm. club, especially club owners, that I could actually do a full show or a full set. And, and I would have the same reservations too. You know, if like a solo trumpet player came to me, a trumpet <laughs> player came to me and they're like, I do a, uh, yeah, 90 minute solo trumpet. And I'd be like, I wouldn't even look at the email, you know, it's like, yeah. what? So yeah. I told, and then, and then, and so many times people would say, you have a band, right? No, no. Do you, oh, you use like electronics and loop. No, it's just, it's just acoustic. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and, and even seeing, even when I point them to a YouTube video, I mean, understandably, that's not even enough because that's just a three minute clip of like, oh, that's cool. You know, like a lot of beatbox, actual vocal beatboxers, you see a lot of like clips of them playing upward maximum like 15 minutes. I, yeah, I, I haven't. Really, yeah, I haven't really seen concerts. And so that was such a challenge. But man, that was such a creatively fulfilling challenge um, that I have tried to fully embrace this idea of like, can I carry a show? I'm going to think about it from the beginning to end, song to song. How can I build excitement? How can I have surprises in the set? How can I, you know, how can I use the space of the stage? How can I play the the saxophone in different ways on different songs so it's not the same? How can I slowly introduce it? You know, can I sing? Can I walk out in the audience? You know, all these kind of things that, you know, I'm, I'm proud of how it's evolved. But understandably, you know, I understand that it's, people would be very skeptical that that would be entertaining. So this theme of uh, limitation as a means of liberation uh, also came up in episode 16, which, as you'll remember, Brian was our first international interview with uh, uh, yes. Adam Ben Ezra, uh, who talked to us from outside Tel Aviv, Israel. Uh, Adam Ben Ezra uh, also um, gained notoriety as a YouTube sensation with uh, videos of him playing solo double bass. Uh, he is... Uh, also someone who has adapted extended techniques to his instrument in order to add percussive effects, unique melodic effects, uh, and uh, styles of playing that are derived from other instruments. 
And Adam's interesting in that he has actually gained proficiency on a multitude of instruments. Uh, but instead of employing these in his recordings, uh, he chooses to uh, to transform those those elements that are idiomatic to those particular instruments onto his double bass and to borrow those techniques in order to make his um, his expression uh, primarily through that instrument. And so he'll uh, he'll borrow strumming techniques from flamenco guitar or picking techniques from uh, the Arabic uh, lute called the oud and incorporate them all into his instrument, percussion techniques on the body of the, uh, the instrument. And he shared the sensibility of finding liberation through limitation uh, on his own instrument and discovered pathways to expression that otherwise would have been unaccessible. It's definitely a, a long journey. Uh, I've been playing music for 30 years uh, right now, or even more. Um, and I started with all kinds of, of instruments until I reached to, 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 my, to the double bass. Uh, um, and that's why maybe I, I try to, to push the limit of, of the instrument and to implement all kinds of other techniques from other instruments that I play uh, into this one. Yeah, I, I love Middle Eastern music and Arabic music, and 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 when I got my first oud, I, I it was a love in first sight, um, and 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 actually playing on on the oud, the Arabic uh, uh, music, uh, uh, when I transformed it uh, to the bass, I learned a lot about articulations and how to. Uh, make uh, melodies uh, in different ways in all kind, and add in all kinds of ornaments. That's what you do a lot in, in uh, Middle Eastern music. Uh, so really playing the oud uh, really benefits my, my uh, double bass playing. Not even when I try to uh, imitate the oud, but in general, uh, really benefit my melodic. Uh, kind of playing. Thank you.
in episode 25, we talked with uh, the guitarist and vocalist Shun Eng, who uh, brought the same ideas of limitation, but from a slightly different angle. Whereas uh, Derek's limitations, self-imposed limitations, were born of, of logistical uh, considerations, um, and, and Adam's sort of um, uh, out of an interest in challenging himself to do uh, you know, to, to essentially play other instruments on his bass. Shun's was out of, uh, almost a boredom of abundance, you know, wanting to realizing that maybe he was taking for granted the fact that he had all these notes accessible to him and wanted to figure out what would happen if he, uh, really, uh, confined himself in a tight box, took strings off the guitar, for example, uh, as a means of making different things happen. I fell in love with with uh, with the blues then, and really just the, um, the the single guitar and and voice thing. You know, it feels like so much more things open up. You know, when you restrict yourselves or yourself to to something. Like I always like to do something with a restriction, so that it 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 forces you you to be much more creative, and it sort of gives you something to. Oh, it's like okay, so now what can you do? And it gives you that seed of creativity, like okay, with just this, what can you do? Because if you learn uh, music for a while and whatever you've sort of developed, whether it's sort of just playing the guitar and singing or doing it in the band or playing drums, I feel like after a while, it gets to a point where you you, you sort of can um, express what you want to express um, pretty, you know, I mean, at first, you know, I, I try to get to a point where what I want to express, I, I I know how to, you know, I have a, I have a way to, but then it's like, there's so many ways to express this one idea, you know, and you'll never, there's so many instruments, there's so many options, but when you give yourself, okay, so just use a guitar or maybe just use one string and, and uh, see what happens. And sometimes like amazing things come out of that, that, that you could not have done with just with two strings, you know? So sometimes I would just like, remove four strings and see what I can do and then sort of try creating the same effect of like bass and still some sort of chord like thing but just with the E and A string or something you know and then it it sort of changes you because when you look at the guitar you you sort of you, you you forget the value of all these notes and and you know you forget the value but because you're so used to using all of them yeah. sometimes you just like try to limit yourself to something and then it makes you go deep instead of broad <laughs> take a quick intermission for a word from our sponsor, the Craft Brood Music app, a curated music discovery app that streams music for serious listeners. Sometimes we hear that people want to hear more of the songs we play on the podcast. To hear more Craft Brood music, download the Craft Brood Music app from the App Store or Google Play and get a free two-week trial. 
We'll help you discover music off the beaten path so that you become the person your friends turn to for recommendations, and we split our income with the artists. Craft Brewed Music, the music discovery app for serious listeners. To hear samples and find out more about us, visit craftbrewedmusic.com. So in listening back to our past episodes, another theme that uh, I came across that was um, uh, a bit of a revelation uh, was embracing uncertainty uh, and kind of shunning the uh, the search for uh, the perfect take and perfectionism and uh, instead striving for authenticity. And this came about uh, talking to, uh, to Andrew Paul in episode 24. And, it, and he brought it up or it came up uh, talking about coming out of the pandemic and what musicians face. Um, and there's nothing uh, in greater supply than uncertainty for uh, artists, particularly independent artists coming out of the pandemic um, and in that sort of, he was talking about how that's fueling a current album project he's working on, um, and, and ties in with the, you know, embracing uncertainty and imperfection in the art itself. The point of the solo project is to, um, give everything my, my very best. Um, but at, that, at some point present what that is and, that means, you know, maybe not making everything 3000% perfect. Um, and maybe that means not adding everything uh, and the kitchen sink into a tune. Um, you know, I, I'm still discovering what this new process is going to mean for me. And I, I think part of the fun with the subsequent songs is going to be watching how that unfolds, you know, uh, from the listener perspective. Scary as shit, too. <laughs> you know? Yeah, perhaps primarily. <laughs> but I love I love being scared, you know, because that means that uh, I, I also feel like I'm at a part of my musical life where um, I'm comfortable being afraid. You know, it, it's OK to write a song that, you know, is um, very personal and it's all right to crack on that one note. You know, mm-hmm. because yeah. this is a, a portrait of of me and, you know, I'm not perfect. And I, I'd like that to be the, um, you know, the, the end product is not the perfection, but, the, yeah. uh, you know, the realness of it. Yeah. More single takes, more, more, you know, kind of raw authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. And that I think that really you know, that really has the added benefit of, you know, truth. <laughs> you right. know, and I, I love trying to go after that and discover what that, what that means a little, a little deeper. Transmission and a 
In episode 15, we talked to singer-songwriter Emily Keener about her 2020 release, I Don't Have to Be Good, uh, which was a departure in many respects from her previous studio albums. Uh, Emily acknowledged that uh, she was going for something that was much more uh, intimate and sparse in its production. Moreover, though, she was letting go of something that had uh, kind of haunted her up to that point, which was this uh, strive for, for perfection in each take, in each performance. And she had a conscious letting go of this, uh, this um, idealism in her uh, recording uh, and was able to achieve something that was, uh, that was very real and in the moment and authentic for her uh, in letting go of that perfectionism. It's funny, the, the sort of intention um, and, you know, like even the name for the album, I Do Not Have to Be Good. I didn't land on that as a title choice until the very end of the process. Like, I don't know, maybe um, a month before we were finished with it. Um, and it kind of, it, it came about, um, it, it was sort of connected to um, the Mary, I love her song mm -hmm. that I based off of a Mary Oliver poem. And the first line of it is you do not have to be good. Um, and the whole, you know, first, uh, first verse of that poem is talking about how you don't have to, you don't have to be sorry for existing. You don't have to be constantly in this repentant state. Um, and, you know, part of the, the struggle of creating that album for me was being so fixated on, on making it perfect. Like it, it has to be so good. It has to, you know, blow everything else out of the water. Like I have to give the best performance I, that I've ever given. Um, and <laughs> sometimes, sometimes those thought processes can be motivating um, and they can get you into this space of discipline and, and excellence, but a lot of the time, uh, and I think for many musicians, it gets you in this place of paralysis and mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. just sort of an inability to move forward. You know, it's kind of that cliche of like perfection is the enemy of progress. Um, yeah. And that that was a big theme at the time for me to figure out. But every breakthrough that we had ended up being not perfect. Um, like, or not planned or um, not completely thought out from A to Z. And I, that was a lesson that I was constantly teaching myself or being taught by the other people in the process of making it. Um, and it was very freeing. And, and so I kind of switched gears a little bit and refocused my mindset instead of on, on perfection just to be on truth and you know like even if I don't have that truth in my hand even if I'm still searching for it um there is truth there is a truth in the present moment of just making beautiful music and having beautiful connections and 
um, that being enough. Um, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be good. It can just be true, you know? clip from our interview with uh, cellist and singer-songwriter Helen Gillet uh, about the uh, journey she had making her duet album with saxophonist Jeff Coffin of Dave Matthews Band um, and stepping into the unknown uh, and, and that being for her an affirmation of the artistic quality inherent in the project. And the unknown that is our duet, um, right. because I have, it really truly is a good sign when you're doing a project where you, there's a lot of question marks in your mind, like, what is this? Where are we going? And yet you go f- like full throttle, you know, into it. It's uh, that's, that's cool. I, I think that's a sign that I'm, that you're moving the music in, into a place that you've never been before. Thank you for listening. Craft Brood Music, both the podcast and the streaming service, has the mission of promoting this music and these artists. We can't do that without ears on the music. So if you like what you've heard here, we're going to ask two small favors. First, tell someone about the podcast. Secondly, go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Craft Brood Music app, and try a free two-week trial of the streaming service. For more information, visit us at craftbroodmusic.com. Thanks again, and see you next time.